Welcome to Platform Church Rested Life Conversations. Platform is a young, dynamic, multidimensional church. We offer inspirational, practical, and relevant teaching that is applicable for your daily living. At Platform, our teaching is relevant to people of all ages, race, color, nationality, and of different socioeconomic backgrounds. At Platform Church, we believe that the rested life is a reality for us. For more information, visit platformchurch.co.za. Enjoy the rested life conversations. Now, here is your host, Darlington Steve. My beloved pastor, ever shining and ever glowing in God. It is good to see you. Thank you for coming and thank you for choosing to be part of this work with us. It's good to see you, my pastor. How are you doing? I'm blessed. <laughs> I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Thank you so much for, for this opportunity. I just want to start by great everyone who has connected this evening in the powerful name of my Lord and Savior and redeemed Jesus Christ. It is such an honor, my pastor, to be ministering tonight in this platform of Rested Life Women Conference. To God be the glory. I want to honor you, Pastor Darlington Stephen, and your wife, Kanisa, of Platform Church, for inviting me to share tonight. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Amen. I feel led this, this, this evening to minister on holiness. God is expecting us to live a holy life. For some of us to experience a rested life, we need to be holy. Otherwise, we will forever experience turmoil and not rest at all. But in order to address the question of how to live a holy life, we must first understand what holy means. To be holy, it means to be set apart or separated from sin and evil. God is holy, completely separate from everything that is evil. So God calls on us to be holy just as he is. He says in 1 Peter 1.16, it reads, since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. But it is vital to understand that apart from God, it is impossible to lead a holy life. Apart from God, it is impossible to live a holy life. We must have the Holy Spirit indwelling us and filling us with his holiness. We can only live a holy life through the power of the Spirit. That's the first step to living a holy life is to accept Jesus Christ as our savior. Once we have taken that step of salvation, we are, we are then declared, Pastor Darlington, righteous in Romans 5, 1, it says, and we are declared righteous once we have taken a step of salvation. But what does it look like to be actually righteous? To live a holy life, there's a scripture, 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 to 8. It reads as follows. Paul emphasized more on sexual purity as part of holy living. It reads as follows. It is God's will for you, child of God, to be holy. So stay away from sexual sin, all type of sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passions like the pagans who do not know God and are violating 
their lives. It says, not in a lustful passion, like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. Never harmful or cheat a fellow believer in this matter by violating his wife. For the Lord avenges all such sins, as we have solemnly warned you before. God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching, but is rejecting God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. I want to emphasize on verse three to five, which reads, it is God's will that we should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality for us to experience a rested life. If you are single, if you are not married, if you are detached, you should avoid sexual immorality. That each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like pagans who do not know God. So if you know God, you should try by all means, strive for holiness. Beyond avoiding sexual immorality and keeping sex between God's design for marriage, we can live a holy life by being obedient to God in all areas of our lives. For us to experience a rested life, we need to be obedient to God in all areas of our lives. Knowing and obeying God's way is key to all of us. I mean, Jesus Christ was praying for us in John 17, 17. He prayed to his father and he said on our behalf, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify them in truth. How are we set apart as Christians, as children of God? How are we sanctified? How are we set aside by the word of God? Because his word is truth. Every one of us that trust in the Lord for salvation is already sanctified, is already set apart. So if you are a child of God, if you have accepted him as a Lord and Savior, you are then set apart. You are sanctified. We are positionally sanctified for we are a chosen people. We are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation, a people set apart unto God. The fact that you have received salvation, the fact that you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are sanctified. You are set apart. Your life is different. You are in the world, but you are not of the world. You have the Holy Spirit, the indwell of the Holy Spirit, who walks with you every day, who counsels you, who speaks to you, who helps you, who provides for you, who has set you apart, who orders your steps and guides your path every day. And that means you are set apart. You cannot behave like you are in this world. You are set apart. You are sanctified. You have the indwell of the Holy Spirit. But every believer is going through a process of sanctification. You ask me, am I declaring myself holier than thou? No, I know that it is a process. Sanctification is a process. So every believer is going through a process of sanctification every day, practical sanctification, for it is also in maturing in the faith 
as day by day we are being progressively conformed into a lovely image of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So every day we are being pruned, we are being groomed, we are being assisted, we are growing in our faith, and every day we are in the process of being sanctified, or we are in the process of sanctification. It is through the word of God that we are sanctified. Sanctify them in truth, Jesus prayed. Your word is truth. So we need to indwell, we need to sit and eat the scroll, we need to meditate, we need to praise him, we need to worship him, we need to set ourselves apart, despite the fact that churches are closed and we are in isolation, this is the opportune time for us to preserve ourselves, to be in the fairness with God, to be set apart, to close and shut the door and be in isolation with God eat the scroll, understand what God is expecting out of us so that we can experience a rested life. We can experience a peaceful life. We can experience a life and an experience where out of our bellies flow rivers of living water. Yes, the word of God is living and powerful. It is the word of truth, which has a beautiful sanctifying, sanctifying effect on all God's children, it is we who are set apart. So if we read and meditate on the truth of God's word, study it pages by pages, hold its precious truth in our hearts and trust our heavenly father to complete, to complete the good work that he has started in us, that we find that scripture has powerful cleansing effect. The word of God has got the cleansing effect within it. So when you sit, when you meditate, when you eat the scroll, you experience daily the cleansing effect, that powerful cleansing effect of daily sanctifying, daily setting apart, daily anointing, daily grace, daily restoration, daily healing, daily accumulating and understanding what God wants you to do as we are being set apart by God, sanctified unto him. I'm being, I personally, I am being progressively sanctified as I live my life in submission to the spirit and for his glory. And yes, all that is in Christ and all that is in him is able to live a sanctified and holy life. Our lives, our journeys, our daily activities are set apart for Christ. We are called by Paul, he said, I beseech you, brethren, preserve yourselves a holy sacrifice. So if you are single, you have no business being in somebody else's bed. You have no business being unequally yoked. You have no business romancing the devil or playing with the devil because the devil is out there seeking somebody to devour on a daily basis. The devil is out there trying to prove God that the Holy Spirit cannot control us. When the Holy Spirit came upon us, he gave us the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit and the last one was self-control. So we have, we are embedded 
with self-control. If you have the Holy Spirit, if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and if you dwell in him and meditate in him, the fruit of the Holy Spirit are packed inside of you. And the last one, which is self-control, is in you. So you are able to preserve yourself. You are able to know and understand because the word of God sanctifies you and it sets you apart. You have your own revelation that my body is a temple of God. My body is reserved for the Holy Spirit. Until such time, God appoints the holy man of God, the high priest of God who is able or he's supposed to come and minister in this temple and dwell in this temple. And besides that, if there's no high priest ordained to dwell in your temple, which is your body, you have no business infiltrating it with demons that are from other spirit or in the world. So child of God, you are set apart. You are a holy nation. You are chosen to preserve your, yourself for Christ so that when the world looks at you, they will say that we want that holiness, that, 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 that glorified life, that reserved life, that sanctified life, that set apart life, that life that we live for Christ. Like Paul, we get to a point where we say, in him I live, I move, and I have my being. You understand that you are called to represent. You are called for such a time as this. When people are looking around, looking for role model, they, they, they should be in a position to see you and say, we want that. So you are set aside. You are sanctified for Christ. Hence, we need to always preserve. We need to be mindful that we are representing here on earth. Should we not praise the one who has sanctified us? who is continuously, continually sanctifying us every day. And we will one day bring our sanctification to its full and final completion. For he is Jehovah Makedesh, the one who sanctifies us. Pastor Darlington, I might not be speaking to everybody, but I'm speaking to this particular one. The one who is single right now and is preserved for Christ. And God is saying, I want to use you. I want to model you like Esther when the king was looking for a queen. And he said, I'm looking for the one who is still a virgin. I'm looking for the one who's sanctified. I'm looking for the one who's going to take the crown and that God will appoint you because you've been preserving yourself. You will, you, you've been waiting for God to bring that which is his will. You've been waiting. And the Bible says, those who wait upon the Lord, he will renew their strength. He will anoint them and reward them in him. But he will renew their strength. May you be renewed whilst you are waiting and preserving your body a living sacrifice for God. You need to hide in God's word. Hiding God's word in your heart keeps us from sin. David said in Psalm 119, 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The word of God, the word of truth sanctifies us. So we need to get to a point where we hide his word in our hearts so that we may not sin against him. We must be in a position where we are like Jesus Christ in Luke 4, 
when he was taken to the highest mountain and he was tempted, but he was able to come back and say, it is written. Because the word of God is the sword of the spirit. It is the sword that we fight evil schemes and evil strategies, evil plans and evil measles that are sent unto us. So child of God, I'm not saying when you are sanctified, you will not be tempted. I'm not saying when you are sanctified, you will not fall. I'm not saying when you are sanctified, you will not find challenges. I'm saying when you are sanctified, you are able to stand and say, but it is written. Yes, you might fall once you are preserving yourself but the bible says a righteous man will fall seven times the bible says david says i have yet i have never seen the righteous forsaken yes when you fall as a child of god you stand up again and you confess your sin and you say god i have sinned but i want to live this sanctified life i want to uphold your glory i want to live this rested life i want to be set apart i want to have an encounter with God on a daily basis because I understand in my singleness I'm serving God. Singleness should not be perceived as a sickness or disease. Singleness is a status where God wants us to be. Not every one of us is married by now, but some of us are anointed to present. Uh, some of us are anointed to become role model to our young ones that are coming because we see our young ones these days are excited about umjolo. Why are they excited about sex? Why are they excited about sexual immorality? It's because the children of God that are preserving themselves, that have been celibate in their life, are scared to even stand up and say, I'm standing for celibacy. I'm standing for righteousness. I am preserving myself. I am waiting until God has anointed somebody to come and be my spouse. They are scared to do that because the same children of God are the ones that are pointing fingers and saying, you think you are better, are the ones that are saying, who do you think you are? They are scared to stand up and become role models. Our children, you know, Pastor Dellington, I was reading the stats that 23,000, 23,000 young girls below the age of 18 were impregnated between March 2020 to March 2021. 23,000. Why would they fall in such a sin? Because the single people that are standing for God, that are running the race for God, are, are, are scared to stand out because people are going to label them as they think that they are righteous. People are going to point fingers at them. But tonight, the Lord has asked me to come and speak to somebody who has declared his body a living sacrifice for God to stand up and shine to stand up and raise the banner for Jesus and say, I am standing because I am the living sacrifice. My body is preserved for Christ. My body is the temple of God where the Holy Spirit dwells. So because the Holy Spirit dwells in me, I am going to preserve this temple. I'm going to keep this temple clean. I'm going to keep this temple holy. I'm going, I don't care what people will say about me and my status. I don't care what everybody is saying, but I am not going to compromise my faith. I'm not going to compromise my God. I'm not going to be equally unyoked with unbelievers because I'm trying to please people that are watching. Yes, we will have people, witnesses that are watching our journey, that are watching our race with God, but we need to stand because after you've done everything, you stand. Bob says, 
to the believers in Thessalonica. He says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 and 12, make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business and working with your hands just as we have instructed you before. Make it your goal, child of God. Make it your objective. Make it your, 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 your desire to live a quiet life, minding your own business and working with your hands. Then people who are not believers will respect the way that you live and will not need and you will not need anything to depend on them because then when you preserve yourself when you keep yourself holy for Christ when you are the living sacrifice you see the characteristic of Jehovah being Raphael Jehovah being Jaira in your life being the provider in your life so you get to a rested place because then you get to a place where you know that he he provides because, because um, 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 the rested life is a, is a life of provision, is a life of contentment, is a life of waiting for God and not running around seeking people, seeking blessers, seeking uh, sugar daddies, or seeking as men do these days, are boys looking for cougars, all the women that are going to, to, to maintain their lifestyle, preserving yourself as a living sacrifice. Living a holy life of obedience to God is living a true freedom from the bondage of sin. Apostle Paul says in Romans 6, 6, we know that our own sinful nature, our own sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Sin has got no power over you. Yes, your old tendencies will come. Your old lovers will come. Your old moja love will come. But you must always say, I'm no longer that person. I am a new creature in Christ. I've lived that life. I'm done with that life. I've shelved that life. And I'm living holy now. I'm living for Christ. Yes, you will be tempted. Yes, your lustful nature, your flesh will cry out and say, I am longing. I am longing. I pray that when that time comes, you are able to raise your hands and say, God, have mercy on me. Crucify my flesh so that I may finish my race and I might finish strong because you can. Remember, you are not alone. Remember, living holy is not an easy life, but you have the Holy Spirit who is your helper inside of you. So when you are tempted, shout out and say, help me, helper. Because when Jesus Christ ascended to heaven, he said, I'm not leaving you as orphans. Yes, there's so many things that I want you to do as my child, but I'm not leaving you alone. I'm leaving you with a helper, with a counselor, with a comforter. So when you are confused, you sit with a counselor. When you are mourning and, and, and weeping, you sit with a, with a comforter. When you don't know what to do, you sit with the helper and the helper will be with you and help you. You sit with the guide who's going to guide you. You sit with the sustainer who is sustaining you. God is sustaining you. I like what the, 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 the worshiper was saying earlier on. He says, I have confidence in you, Lord. I have confidence in you that you will preserve me, that you will help me in my journey, that when my mind is resolute, that I want to live this life for Christ. I want to be the living testimony for Christ because the word of God says in Revelations 12, 11, the only way 
to defeat Satan is through the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I can testify that this life of celibacy, this life of singleness, this life of preserving yourself, this life of not wanting is livable, is doable, is possible because I know I am living in that grace. I'm not saying, don't get, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm holier than thou. I'm saying, I'm saying I'm being preserved by grace. And the Holy Spirit sustains me. And he gives me power every day to put one step after the other. The Holy Spirit will produce a Christ-likeness in us. As we yield to him, we can live a holy life. Galatians 5, 16 reads as follows. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Yes, flesh craves. The flesh wants. My lustful nature still craves today. But the Holy Spirit is able to guide me. The Holy Spirit is able to sustain me. The Holy Spirit is able to preserve me. The Holy Spirit is my helper. He walks with me when I'm being tempted. He walks with me in the valley. He walks with me in my storm. He walks with me when I'm in the mountain. He gives me victory. He gives me life. He refines me. He helps me. Yes, my eyes will see you know, the lust of the eyes will see what it wants to see. And the lust of the flesh will stand up. And the lust of pride in me will stand up and say, no, I can do this thing. Yes, I can. But remember, I have the Holy Spirit and I have his commands and I have his rules and regulations. And I have this, this Bible, which is my constitution. When I'm in the kingdom of God, it guides me. The Bible says, James put it nicely. He says, the word of God is like a mirror. When you look unto it, you then look at yourself and it says, fix this and fix this and fix this. And every day when you fix, you are able to live a rested life. I've entered, I can safely say, I've entered the rest of God. I've reached a level of I shall not want because the Lord is my shepherd. He guides me. He feeds me. I've reached the level. I pray tonight that somebody who is longing for this holy living, who's living, who's longing and, 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 and aspiring for this holy living will get to a level of I shall not want. Here is the mindset we should have that is found in Romans 6, 11. We should say, we should count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ. Say to yourself, I'm dead to sin. I'm no longer slave to sin. I love the songwriter who sings and says, I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. So anytime we face temptation, we should say, I'm dead. I'm dead to that. I'm dead to sin. I'm dead to sexual immorality. I'm dead to sleeping around. I'm dead to lusting. I'm dead to my fleshly desires. I'm dead to my feelings. That was part of my old life. I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 reads, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. To live a holy life, to separate ourselves from sin, we must see ourselves as God does. As a born again children of the most high God, we must clothe 
ourselves with righteousness and the righteousness is in Christ. We also have the benefit of being part of the body of Christ. So we are, when we are in the body of Christ, we, we, are, we are called to fellowship with other Christians and making ourselves accountable to them as a source of guidance. You know, and when, when we're making ourselves accountable to them, we, it is a great source of strength in living a holy life. Because then you have other brethren that are walking with you, that are praying for you, that are holding your hands, and that are saying, come on, you can do this thing. As Christians, we are called to encourage one another in this matter. Hebrews 10, 25, 24 to 25 reminds us, let us think of ways to motivate one another to act um, as, as, as an act of love and of good ways. So let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Remember, we are not trying to live a holy life in order to end salvation. Living a holy life is a natural outgrowth of being saved by God's grace and being filled in his spirit. It is also important to not give up when we mess up. Yes, we will mess up. Yes, we will fail. Our response should be to confess the sin and keep moving forward in our Christian life. Romans 8, 1 says, there is now no condemnation to those that are in Christ. God's grace does not go away when we make mistakes. You know, as I was preparing to come and minister on holiness, devil being the devil, an old flame, Pastor Valentin, an old flame, 14 years ago, SMS me last night and he says, hi, remember me. And I'm saying, who is this? And he's saying, it's me, we met a long time ago. And I'm saying, so what I, what do you want? He says, remember. And I says, yeah, <laughs> I don't remember. Yes, I might have done things with you, but I'm a new creature now. I'm saved. I'm a child of God. I don't dwell on the past. I don't do those things anymore. I am not using any part of my body as a tool to enable devil to win over Christ. I will not use any part of my body parts to become a tool for Satan. So I pray that somebody tonight who's listening and who's been praying for preservation, who's been praying to live a celibate life, who's been praying to preserve themselves and living sacrifice will be touched by this message. And I want to assure you that God is available today. The Holy Spirit is here today. And he's saying, I've given you my word and I've given you the Holy Spirit. The whole Trinity is inside that temple. And God, your helper, and Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit who is there all the time is within you. And he's saying, I'm here to help you. Yes, you can overcome sin. Yes, you can overcome your fleshly lustful desire. Yes, you can overcome temptations because I've given you the Holy Spirit who is the helper, who is upon you. And he says, when he comes upon you, you will receive power. So you have power. There is power of the Holy Spirit in you to stand against storms and everything that is happening in this world. You are no longer led by your feelings, by your desires, by your lustful desire self. You are led by the Spirit who will remind you of who you are in Christ. You are blessed. You are anointed. You are a a royal 
priesthood. You are a chosen generation. You are anointed for God. You are not called to be a side chick. You are not called to be a, a fire extinguisher for somebody who is burning with lust. Paul said nicely in, in, in 1 Corinthians 7, he said, if you are burning with lust, marry, marry child of God, so that you can, you can be in, in a union where you can enjoy sex. Yes, sex is good, it's beautiful, but it is, as a child of God, you are required to only dwell in that when you are married. When you are not married, whether you are single, divorced, widowed, or you are single by choice, you're supposed to preserve yourself. The Holy Spirit is here tonight, and he's saying, I'm here to help you. I'm here for you. I'm calling you to be holy, since I am holy. And you can do it, child of God. You can have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. You can have an indwelling of the Holy Spirit where you eat the scroll every day and you have an encounter with God and God will order your steps and direct your path and Lord will guide you. Remember, you have Jesus Christ who is seated at the right hand of the Father interceding for you not to fall into sin. Yes, sin has got no power over you. Sin has got nothing over you. You are saved. You are no longer a slave to sin. You are a child of God. Thank you so much. Pastor Darlington, thank you. Wow. I'm heading wow. over to you wow. now. I think there's, there's, no, there's no better way where a service like this will not address the whole issue of holiness. The Bible calls to understand that when it comes to the place of sacrifice, that we need to present ourselves as a living sacrifice before God. And this is one of the big things that definitely enforces encounter in the life of people. Every one of them you see in the Bible that actually encounter God in different dimensions of their life, you can see that as a place of set apart from, for God that has guaranteed their possibility of what they are currently enjoying. And so I don't know who you are tonight. Maybe you're watching this very particular program on any of the platform you're currently streaming. And you're currently struggling with a life of holiness. You know you want to live this very particular life because the truth of it is the fact that the bedrock of every encounter with God has to be an encounter of set apart, has to be an encounter of holiness, has to be an encounter where you encounter God for who God is. And so maybe you are here tonight and you are saying, Pastor, I am currently struggling for me to be able to live this kind of holy living. The truth of it is the fact that as long as we have this earthly flesh called, I mean, this, 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 this body called flesh here, definitely challenges will come. But I like something that she said that was very, very good is the fact that as much as the challenges come, we still have the grace, especially with the baptism of the Holy Spirit on our insides, to fight those very particular things. And so maybe you are here, you are streaming, and you are watching on any very particular platform, and you are saying, Pastor, I want to be able to live this life. Because the truth of it is the fact that when your life is holy before God, God will now become a dwelling place in your life. And before you know what is going on, you begin to encounter his possibility. You begin to encounter his open doors. You begin to encounter new dimensions that he has kept for you. But that can only be from a place of presenting yourself as a living sacrifice. And this is me now here saying this very particular, as much as yes, she addresses the whole concept of singlehood. But at the same time also, maybe you are here, you're watching and you're married. But you know behind the scene that there are games that you are playing. 
you know behind the scene that you are what's called you are locked down with pornography your mind has been bombarded with stuff that is not keeping you in line with god because yes it's very easy for us to talk about a single ability for singles to stay holy and stuff there are married people who are not holy the Bible yeah. says um, the bed on the foul. The moment you have an extramarital affair, you've already defiled the bed. The moment you begin to find sexual, what's called sexual fulfillment from online source because you are trying to tell yourself that no, I'm not, I'm not, uh, after I don't sleep with somebody else, I'm just doing an online thing and calm down. You are already defiling that very particular sacred union called the marriage. And so maybe you are here tonight. You want us to pray for you and you are struggling with that very particular scenes of for the things of the flesh you're struggling with holiness you're struggling with a life to live sacred and for you to be to stand for god this program was put for your sake called encounter and so because of that i'm going to allow the woman of god and this is what i want you to do before i allow her to pray maybe number one for you you are struggling with that very particular difficulties and you want to live a life of holiness trust me it is possible to live that life it is possible to live that life um i remember um, when I met my wife, I'm, I'm just going to say this story quickly. She's actually said the story before, so it's not something I need to take permission. It's a story that is out there. When I met my wife, my wife apparently was a celibate, and she was proud about it. Celibate for years. And with that, she said to herself, only the one that God has called my husband will be able to come into my life, if not to forget it. She was that strong with the whole issue of holiness to the point that she was willing to lose me even though she felt and she hears God say, this is your husband. She said, because yeah. if this guy is going to cut corners, forget it. Forget it. But now here we are now. Three years going down the line now, we are still enjoying our marriage. Maybe you are there and you are saying you want to live that life. Or maybe for you, you are struggling and because of your challenges, you've left the faith. You, you are like the prodigal son. You are far. And you are saying that, how can I be forgiven? Will God ever accept me back again? Obviously, God will accept you. I'm here to tell you that God loves you so much. Regardless of what you've gone through, regardless of the mess up, regardless of the things that has happened in your life, he still loves you. In fact, one of the things for us as a commission is the fact that God wants you rested. The kind of life you're living out there is a life of stress. And he knows that if you come home, you will find rest. Or maybe for you, you've never confessed Jesus as a Lord and personal Savior. The three of you tonight, I'm going to ask the woman of God for her to lead us into this very particular prayer. And just to pray for you so that whatever struggle that you are currently struggle, struggling with, the same God who gave her the grace and still keeping her, Trust me, this is a woman I know that I've left. That, I mean, live, that is living that life even up till now. And the God who has kept her thus far, let that same grace rub into your mind. Woman of God, please, I want to pray for this very particular set of people who are currently struggling in terms of living a holy life. I need you to release the same grace that is upon you. Let that same grace operate in them for them to know when to say no and when to tell the devil, get it behind me, Satan. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. Your sons and daughters are here, Father. You know them by name, and you knew that they were going to be here tonight. Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus that you see them and their struggle. You know their up and downs. You know their going and coming. You know their struggles, Father. You know the kind of sexual immorality they are struggling with, be it pornography, masturbation, Father, be it sleeping around, Father, be it incest, my Father, be it whatever kind of sexual immorality, you know it, Father. Tonight, as we surrender to you, I'm standing with them 
my father, and I'm saying, have mercy on us. You said, Father, if we come to you and confess our sin, you are faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. Father, we come to you tonight and we say, you see us, see us, my father, and save us, my father. Uproot us from the godly and lustful desires that we had, Father, and preserve us for your glory. Father, we surrender everything. Help us break every chain, every altar, my Father, that has been erected in our names of sexual immorality and disobedience, Father. Cancel, we nullify it. Where our names are being called, my Father, where our pictures, my Father, have been taken, Father, that we live in sin, that we have entangled our sin ourselves in it, my Father. All soul ties, my Father, and soul partners that we have that are still calling our names for evil purposes. We ask you, Father, to uproot us, uproot us, Father, from those evil relationships, my Father, from those entanglements, my Father, as we surrender to you tonight, my Father, and we say, Father, we have sinned against you and against your kingdom. Have mercy on us, my Father. Accept our sacrifice tonight as we raise our hands and we say, have mercy on us, my Father. As you are seeing us, Father, we know that you are a merciful God. You are a God who forgives, my Father. You are a God who is able, my Father, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We thank you for your blood because your blood still flows even today. That the blood, my Father, is able to cleanse of us of all unrighteousness, all sins, my Father, every altar, every sin that we've ever engaged with, every entanglement, Father, uproot us in the name of Jesus Christ. We surrender ourselves to you, Father, as we give ourselves unto you, and we say, have mercy on us, my Father. Deliver us from temptation. Have mercy on us, Father. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us, my Father, and help us to see the exit door, my Father. Every time we are led into temptation, may the Holy Spirit be ignited in us, Father, that you will remind us, my Father, of the right holy living that you've called us, my Father. Remind us, may the Holy Spirit remind us, my Father, that he set us apart, my Father, for his glory. Remind us when we are tempted to always say, it is written. May we have your, your word hidden in our hearts that every time we see a situation, we are able to say, it is written. Have mercy on us, Father. Forgive us of all our sins. And we pray tonight and we thank you for forgiving us. We thank you, Father, for accepting us again, for, give, for, for forgiving us and for embracing us tonight and calling us your children. Thank you, Father, for tonight. Thank you that they are delivered. Thank you that they are saved. Thank you that they are sanctified. Thank you that they are set apart for your glory. Have your way in us, my Father. Indwell in us, my Father. And make our hearts, my Father, your place of dwelling. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Thank you so much, man of God. I really appreciate you. But one of the things before we end this very particular service, we will go on a break for now. For those of you who the Lord has laid in your heart for you to definitely sow into this very particular commission. Maybe one of the things also that, that, that I want you to understand is the fact that every people you see on planet Earth, they are a grace carrier. One of the grace that I know too well that this very particular woman of God carries is a grace for, for her to stay clean and her purity with God regardless. And maybe for you, you are struggling and you're saying, I just want to sow a seed into this woman's life. Or you want to sow a seed into this very particular conference, please feel free. The informations are currently now available on the screen. Take advantage of it. 
take advantage and say, okay, fine, I just want to sit. And please, if you are sitting to this woman's life, please make sure that you make it to say for the guest speaker. Put her name into it so that it's quite easy so that we'll be able to apportion every seat to whoever that you are, um, what's called you are sitting to. But with that being said, we believe in giving. One of the strong things that we know as a body of Christ, the Bible says, give it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaking together, that God will compel men to give to you. And so one of the things that I want you to understand is the fact that your giving is a mystery in the kingdom that opens financial rest for you. Maybe you want to enjoy rest and you're saying, how do I need to enjoy rest in my finances? One of the portals of enjoying rest in your finance is giving. There are various forms of giving in the Bible. One of the things that we all talked about, especially as a church circle, is the giving of your tithe and your offering. Maybe sitting to your prophet, giving to the poor. But with that being said tonight, if the Lord has laid anything in your heart for you to give to this very particular conference, why not? Our banking details is currently on the screen. Take advantage of it and make sure that you sue tonight. With that being said... That's all we have for today. But be sure to continue listening to the Rested Life Conversations. At Platform Church, we are all about simplifying the process, providing solutions and creating realities for you. If this message has blessed you and you want to be a blessing by supporting this ministry, please visit platformchurch.co.za. Platform Church, family of rest.